Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I'm happy to report that uh, Horizon had its week in the sun, and once again, uh, uh, a highly reviewed game has come out shortly thereafter. so hope you all are enjoying Elden Ring coming out on Friday. Uh, there's two more days of Horizon, so here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Although I will say this time at least because Horizon Zero Dawn did get such good reviews and this isn't the first entry in an unproven series, I did see a lot more like reviews and people talking about Forbidden West as opposed to when um, Horizon Zero Dawn came out. So I think that... Um, it's done well, probably well enough to stay in people's consciousness and actually get noticed um, a whole lot better than Zero Dawn did with um, Breath of the Wild when that came out. So uh, I do think there's a lot of people really looking forward to Elden Ring. It's getting great reviews. I think that uh, if you and basically the reviews that I've seen today have said if you like From Software Games, if you like, you know, Demon Souls, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, those kind of games, you're going to like Elden Ring. It's really good. It's probably the best that they've ever done. Like, get in there and play it. But if you don't like those games, you won't like Elden Ring. <laughs> so those were the kind of reviews that I was looking for. That was kind of the big question in my head because a lot of the marketing did seem to be like um not necessarily shying away but like making it seem a little bit more accessible potentially or a little bit different as opposed to the marketing around some of their other titles so i mean i'm still going to check it out um i told matt because uh, so my husband was really interested in playing it and i said i'm like okay you can get it on whatever platform you want but it can't be the playstation and he's like why it comes out on playstation i'm like because i'm gonna have that thing locked down for the next like probably six weeks to get through forbidden west so <laughs> you should know the playstation is unavailable to you so you can choose xbox you can choose pc but you cannot choose playstation that shit is mine <laughs> yeah it uh it's one of those it's one of those games, and here's the thing: like, I think that, um, you know, Breath of the Wild and and Horizon Zero Dawn were uh, a similar sort of open world RPG, you know, action combat game. Whereas I think when you compare, it's hard to compare Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring because, like, I was I was playing Horizon and and I've seen a lot of the re- reviews for Elden Ring, and I thought to myself, like, yeah, that's. I think it's awesome that that game is getting such great reviews, and it's and it is doing well. It's not my uh, type of game that I that I'm going to play. And like I've heard a lot of people say, like it's it's an 80 plus hour game. It's a huge game as well. Like I, I think even if I were interested in both, um, it would be impossible to play both. Mm-hmm. But that is the that is the beauty of these being different games is that I I can I can play Horizon. And a lot of the other folks who want to play Elden Ring, like, I look forward to hearing people's reactions, but I think, like, you use the word um, accessible. Uh, I think I think a lot of people were kind of saying, like, it's 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 more approachable, but it is still in that Dark Souls vein. And I watched one clip where and again, the, the, it's it's just not my type of game, but I watched one clip where the, where the person was running through a like a crowd of enemies and i'm like oh yeah yeah that's that is still dark souls but in a 
you know, really cool, well fleshed out open world. And like, that sounds fantastic. And I I do want to see some of that game. Um, But it's likely that I won't play it myself. But I I do want to see it. I want to see some some folks play it because it does look interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they say it's one of their best worlds that they've put together and, and everything I've been hearing about the world crafting has been really positive. So it's honestly yeah. funny, like a lot of the comments, uh, that I've seen come across, you know, Twitter today, cause today the embargo was up. Today was the embargo lifting. Yeah. Yeah. It was mostly about, you know, story and, and feeling and not a lot of combat, no, not a lot mm-hmm. of conversation of combat. So uh, Which combat has really been front and center in a lot of their titles before. So it is interesting that that's the way that reviews have kind of gone, because I think that that's one of the things, though, I know the Souls worlds have have a lot of lore, but you really have to kind of look for it. And it mm-hmm. seems like they've taken more of a front and center approach with the story alongside their combat this time, which honestly endears me a little bit more to their properties. So I'm thinking I'm going to check out Elden Elden Ring, especially since uh, since Matt's interested in playing it, I know we're going to buy it. So I think I'm going to at least poke my head into it for next week just to give you guys uh, the kind of opinion of someone who doesn't like Souls games to say either like, yeah, OK, don't don't do this. If you're like me and you don't like the Souls games, you know, don't play Elden Ring. It's not going to be for you. Or if it is, you know, enough to to kind of like turn my head and, and get me into it, because I think you're definitely right. These are two giant games uh so i just looked up just out of curiosity um how long to beat uh horizon forbidden west and apparently the main story is about 25 hours if you do the main story and extras it's on average of 38 hours completionist is on average 65 hours but can go up as high as 90 hours so horizon forbidden west is a very big game yeah um yeah, and actually, Ryan, uh, I'm going to... So I'm sending you something in Discord now. Sweet. Uh, I didn't want to tell you this before, but I just sent you a photo that I took before the before we recorded the podcast of how much of the map I have revealed. So given this, I've so I've been in two zones. I've been in the Daunt and I've been in Plainsong. How long do you think I've played Forbidden West? Well, uh, as someone who's, I think, right around the same place uh i'm looking at the map now and like yeah we've we've pretty much done i think you've done more than i have but i think we're we're in the same area but like but i've got uh, like so all of the daunt is revealed because i know you guys can't see this image right now but all of the daunt is revealed and probably about half of the area of plain song is revealed yes so yeah how long do you think i've played 10 hours i've played 20 hours of forbidden west i mean there's a lot to do in the there game. is so much to do. There's so much to do. There are so many side quests. I think it took me at least 10 hours even just to get out of the daunt. So I've done all of the side quests that were available to me back there. And now I'm like, I tried to focus a little bit more on the main story, but I've also been really paying attention to the levels that it recommends on the main story because some of these boss fights are hard, like in, in a really fun and interesting way. But uh, yeah, they're really difficult. And they, I don't know uh, uh, your thoughts yet because <laughs> we have we literally didn't talk about Forbidden West at all before the show, guys. So you're getting <laughs> all of our like raw reactions and opinions and everything because spoiler alert, 
basically this entire show is going to be about Forbidden West. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, basically I've been paying a lot of attention to the level requirements because there are a lot of systems in this game. It's like they took the systems from last game, but then expanded on them. And it's very complicated. Yeah. Yeah, there's... Um... It, it it is a big game. Uh, I've I, I again. I have. I think I spent a lot of time in the dawn, and like, I'll say this: like having maybe an hour, hour and a half each time I sit down to play it. Um, I've really had to like train my brain to be like, no, you're playing an open world game now. There's a lot to do. Um, most of the stuff you're doing feels important because it's mm-hmm. all all the conversations are mo capped. They're all voice acted. Like these are all people living in this world that is being threatened. And and I mean, we'll come back to yeah, that point. I, actually, that's a that's a really good point that they have done all of the mocap and the voice work and stuff, even on all of the side quests. And I did notice a slight difference between like some of like the errand level quests because there's again so many different kinds of questing that you can do in Horizon Forbidden West, and they've broken it all out. Like you've got um, quests for all your tall necks, you've got quests for your ruins, you've got, you know, your main quest, your side quests, your errands, you've got your contract jobs. Like they really have broken it out into what kind of quests are available to you. And I know that was one of the things that you said. So I've been paying a lot of attention to it in Forbidden West that kind of like pulled you out of the fantasy of Zero Dawn was that some of those side quests didn't have very good like not necessarily voice acting but like uh, animation (laughs) and Mm. some of the faces were really weird and i have noticed like some things where the animation isn't great um but at the same time this game is so huge there's bound to be a a glitch or two you know so it's nothing compared to like oh what was it was it mass effect andromeda where they didn't have faces yeah where it was just the eyeballs (laughs) that rendered okay (laughs) yeah yeah. I'm sorry, sorry to rip on Andromeda again, but it is very easy to pull those examples off the top of my brain. Uh, so yeah, there's nothing on that level. There's been no. sometimes um, like they'll keep looking in a direction that's really kind of weird for too long, and then their like head kind of like snaps back and like, oh wait, I'm supposed to be looking at Aloy, and it's just, it's not the way a normal person moves. But yeah. that's only I've only noticed that like once or twice in 20 hours. So. In terms of a comparison between your impressions of Zero Dawn to Forbidden West, like, have you noticed that kind of uptick in quality? Oh, yeah, I've definitely noticed the, uh, this is a a sequel turn through. They've done a lot of work to um, upgrade the experience in terms of, you know, mocap. And I think where mocap has presented, like, the struggle for me is, like, on some of those side quests, um, it's it's just it, it it can be too much like the the there it's over there's a lot there's a little bit of overacting sometimes um, okay <laughs> and it doesn't really bug me like to a point where like this is this is the extent of like the issues i've had with the game so far is like it doesn't it, it doesn't impact the enjoyment it actually kind of makes it more fun cuz like you'll have these quests i think one of them was um it was a side quest before you get to barren light which is like the the second big city and and it's not even that big. I'm sure there are bigger. It's not that big. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm it's like it's the yeah it's the first real kind of main city that you're 
introduced to because there's kind of a smaller settlement that you come across and yeah. then Baron Light is like the 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 minding the gap and the watchers on the wall type of yes. a vibe. <laughs> yeah, like on uh, you know on the on the line between you know, well, between, uh, and this is the other thing too, like this is a direct sequel to the point where like, I think there is a small gap in time between the first and second, which I yeah. do appreciate because most games will be like, nah, you got to read the novel and watch the YouTube series and listen to the podcast that's exclusive to Apple Podcasts in order to understand what <laughs> happened between these yeah, two Yeah, no, they, they picked this up so quickly. It was yeah. like, they basically have a couple throwaway lines that I had to go look up because it happened so early about um, how basically Aloy's been in the wilds chasing down leads for a couple of months, and that's also how they describe how she's lost a lot of her equipment. Is She says, like, oh, yeah, it's been a rough ride, and, uh, you know, I've been out here on my own for a few months, and, you know, I've lost yeah. all my stuff, basically. She got metroid, um, not to mention, Yeah, <laughs> not to mention her spear, that she, um, she loses her spear in the end of the first game when she stabs it into Hades, right? So, huh. um yeah, so they they kind of explain away the time and stuff, but they really pick up. I found both with the story itself as well as like her personality and her confidence. There's no kind of reset on that. It's they pick Aloy and her character up right as if it's coming straight out of Horizon Zero Dawn. And I really appreciated that because she's got this confidence now because and she like still is very Aloy and that she hates being referred to as like the savior. She's like, no, just call me Aloy. Like, whatever, this is dumb. Um, but she also will assert herself to people in leadership roles because she's like, no, like, I know who I am now and I have a greater purpose than you will ever understand. Please get out of my way. I don't have any time for your tribalism bullshit. Mm. <laughs> so like they kind of kept that attitude, which I think serves the story really well. Um, but sorry, back to back to your point where you were talking oh. about the daunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. So uh, in the daunt, there's a quest where um, you you just see one of these guards like dragging a dead body, and he's very animated about it. Like it's like it's, it happens all the time, and uh, and it was very overacted. But I found it like even though it was very morbid, it's, and Aloy also agreed with me. She's just like what are you doing? Like have more empathy, have more care for your, yeah, for your job. There's still somebody up above in the mountains <laughs> yeah. screaming for help. And this guard is like, eh, I'll just come back later. And you know, like <laughs> drag that dead body too. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and again, I, I think like maybe it's not, it's not a pro like it's, it's just, it's just kind of worth pointing out because like, it's probably not an issue with the design or the writing. It's just, it's that universe. Like, cause these, these characters that are living this moment to moment are more used to this world than than we are, right? Like they are that that was the cool thing about the first one and and now this one is that like they've they've given these personalities to this world that are just so unique to this game and and it, it shines pretty brightly like that specific scene i thought was like this guard could give two shits yeah about like the blight and all of these big problems that you're dealing with and all he can think is i have to drag another dead body god damn it <laughs> why is this my life exactly. and Aloy's like i have the weight of the world on my shoulders and he's like i don't care i have the weight of a dead body on my shoulders and it sucks <laughs> yeah and i mean i know maybe people listening to this are probably like but but jocelyn like you know the world's like why are you running around running errands but like the game makes it clear that you're on levels. 
What? That's why oh, I need yeah. levels. <laughs> True. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. Continue. No, right. no, no. That's a good <laughs> that point. Generally, is my is my approach to these games for sure. The reason it's not a problem is because, like, yeah, it is the 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 world is ending very slowly. I mean, if she doesn't stop it, yes, the world will end. There is a timer in the background, but like, she realizes like she has she's she's not the she's not gonna like run past everybody to get to the. Because she doesn't even know what she needs to do. She's Mm -hmm. like in this instance, like she's following a signal that goes out west. Turns out silence. We we figured out he was the bad guy in the post credit. Aloy is figuring this out, you know, because the information wasn't presented to her. But is he? Isn't he? Hmm. Isn't he? Is he not the bad guy? Well, see, and this is this is what I find so compelling about the story in the world of Forbidden West. And I don't want to spoil anything at all. Um, but I do think uh, so. Obviously, if you're in the dot and everything else, then you've seen what's basically presented to you in essentially the tutorial. And that's where like you go back to Meridian and you have to climb up the tower and and figure out where the signal is coming from and all that kind of stuff. And then silence has left you a message. I'm assuming you've done that if you're in the dot. <laughs> yeah, 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 he does. Yeah, okay. He leaves a message. He basically says like, oh, come and find me. You know, rah, you know, he's well, he's, yeah, but kind of, but like what he, what he, so what he actually says, yeah, no, no, that's <laughs> is, perfect, is basically like, um, he's, he's kind of like explaining why he had to lie to Aloy, and she definitely takes the like, you're the bad guy and I hate you, and how could you do this line? But the world and the lore of Horizon really makes you kind of think about it. And, you know, you can almost see his side and it's not as like mustache twirly evil as you would think, because he's like looking at this from, you know, like a lot of background and understanding through all of his research that he's done over the years of understanding old world technology and saying, Hey, wait a minute. Like, this is a sentient AI. Like, what can we learn from it? What do we know? What don't we know? And it was a like, maybe we shouldn't have just straight up destroyed it. So, you know, like I helped you, Aloy, to make sure that it didn't bring about an extinction event. But I also made sure that we didn't destroy it before getting something out of it. Or at least like trying to understand how all of this works, which when your entire existence on the wor- in like in the world is dependent on machines and their terraforming operations, maybe understanding how those work might prevent more disasters in the future. So like he's bad, but maybe not. Like he's he's bad with a valid reason. And the only reason we think he's bad is because we're presented the story from Aloy's point of view which is very kind of black and white, really. Like, Hades trying to destroy the world, must kill Hades. Hades didn't die, you're the bad guy. Like, True. it's not quite like that, right? Yeah, but couldn't this have been solved in like an email or a Microsoft Teams <laughs> meeting? Yeah, and you think, and so yeah, basically he says like, I couldn't get through to you, so I had to take drastic measures True. and that's why I deceived you and and blah, 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 whatever. Like, you were too hell-bent on your, on your mission, um, and so, you know, there's definitely that deception there. And maybe if they'd had time to hash it out, it would have been different. But, you know, it, it was one of those like it felt a whole lot more imminent in Zero Dawn True. than uh, Forbidden West. Yeah, an email wasn't going to cut it. That makes an sense. email wasn't going to cut it. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, yeah. Hades would have intercepted it probably. Right. True. Yeah, <laughs> it is a it is a sentient evil. AI. You know, I, I think and, you know, the 
email. What's that going to do? Uh, I think, um, yeah, like I, I think there are, and that's one of the core issues. I didn't play Zero Dawn. I played it at launch, played Zero Dawn at launch. Um, I think I got through like the prologue when it came out on PC. So I feel like I'm missing like a lot of the world. Like, you know, you've got the the Sundom and the Karja mm-hmm. and, and the, the Osiram and uh, the Nora. The Nora is just so far Aloy. Like they, it really feels like where I'm at, like I'm I'm just making it into the second, er- second prologue area, I guess is what I'm hearing. Um, and it, it very much, it feels like the game is like, here are the folks you remember from the first game, but really what we're doing is we're introducing you to a whole new world. Like we're pushing you, you know, further West, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's more to this world. And they do like, they keep your allies, which I really like. You run into a lot of people that honestly I had forgotten were in the first game, but they do present them to you first in Meridian. And then some of them show up a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you do a lot of like quests out in the West that are um, like coming across your old allies sort of thing, which I really like that they're pulling that stuff uh, kind of back together. And I also like that they're telling the story in the same way as like, it's almost like everything revolves around the Karja and Meridian in that it was very interesting in the first game that kind of like the Karja only came out east, you know, like towards you. And they didn't really talk about any of the other like tribes and stuff. And then you find out in this game, the Karja actually invaded all of their neighbors. It's just that the ones in the West managed to push them back. So now you're kind of like bringing your allies from those familiar tribes with you into the West while also discovering these like new, new tribes, new uh, communities, new people. And, you know, they're, ways of living which are even different than the ones that you've already seen which i kind of thought ran the gamut right so they they've kind of they've crafted and this is why i love horizon so much is that they've crafted such an interesting world with people who like you said ryan feel like they actually live in it you mm-hmm. know not just that they've been put there yeah yeah they've done a they've done a really good job with this world building and i think that's where you know there are there are a lot of similar similarities between zero dawn and forbidden west in in terms of those building blocks not just world building but just gameplay in general Mm -hmm. um i think like if you played the first game and you come to this one it's gonna be very familiar in terms of like the the running mechanics and the and and you know uh riding on mounts and and combat but like they build upon that like there are more combat abilities for each weapon there are different Mm -hmm. types of weapons there's more weapons yeah Yeah. so there's more weapons there's more skill trees there's more skills within those skill trees (laughs) it's a it's really complicated and this is where i start to almost give my first critique of the game i would say is that um i really liked the combat in the first one and i didn't necessarily think that it needed much changing and there are some things that are kind of interesting but because of all the different complexities and all of the different um because i think they've also added more damage types so there there used to be um shock and frost and fire and corruption and tearing and now to those i guess they've changed corruption to acid and then there's one other one i think that's like plasma 
There's plasma so, and there's like purge water or is that corruption? Oh yeah, purge water. Yeah, I forgot about the water one too. So yeah, like they've they've added more damage types, which means that there's more things to consider for both your weapon and your armor, as well as more strengths and weaknesses and complexities again with the machines that they're presenting to you, which, you know, is is good because you don't want your encounters to necessarily play out exactly the same way over an 80 hour game. I get that. But um, it just like they throw a lot at you all of a sudden. And I think there's seven are there six or seven skill trees. Now I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, well, there's, there's melee um, survival uh, and ranged. ranged. Yeah. Stealth uh, uh, machines. Machine control. I th- Maybe there is only six. I feel like there's a like there's a similar amount to uh the, the previous game, I think they may have merged a few, but they're like presented in more like like tech trees in that you're, mm-hmm. you're you're kind of unlocking abilities that are then, you know, you're able through unlocking that you're able to unlock others. And there are like special they call them valor surge moves. Valor. Yeah. Valor's the other valor's the other piece. So like as you unlock some of the smaller abilities, they feed into a larger ability unlock which then as you perform combat things, whether that's getting hit or dishing out damage or dodging or whatever, like everything you do within combat builds up this valor meter. And then it's like an ultimate that you can perform and you equip different valor moves or like you equip different ultimates depending on what you've unlocked in these skill trees. So again, like there, it seems like there's a lot of complexity in the damage types. There's a lot of complexity in your weapons and gear. There's a lot of complexity in these skill trees and then these valor moves. And all of it together was a little bit much for me. Like I felt like it was a it was unnecessary complexity. And like I say, I think it maybe had to do with making sure that it didn't start to feel repetitive or didn't start to feel exactly the same way as Zero Dawn. Um, but I'm not quite sure if it needed all of that. Um, I do find that I just like pick a few things and then basically stick to that in combat, which does mean that there's a lot more playstyles available to people and you can just pick and choose and kind of make a build and have that be it. Mm-hmm. But um, then kind of when you get into a situation with an enemy that doesn't fit your playstyle, you're kind of shit out of luck until you can go and do some more like leveling and questing and unlocking things. But I do think unlocking things comes at a pretty good pace. So there is that like, it's, it's weird. It's like a criticism that I understand why they made the choices that they made and it's still working out fine. I'm just kind of, it's a, it's a little bit of an eyebrow raise. Like, did you need to do this? <laughs> Cause it seems like, a lot, especially at the beginning. It was very overwhelming, even coming from like a, a fairly recent playthrough of Zero Dawn. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. I, I think that uh, it, like for me, uh, playing the game, uh, it, I've had it since, you know, Friday when it came out and I've only been able to play like a couple hours each night here and there. Um, there is this frustration of like the prologue taking 20 or so any hours. Like we always say like, oh, well, you know, this well, is I don't one- think I don't think this is prologue. Like no. I'm I'm well uh, okay, actually, you know, this is this is another interesting um discussion point that's almost a critique, but basically um so there's what looks like maybe five or six areas on the map. The map is huge 
And uh, obviously, it's all behind Fog of War. I have been avoiding all kinds of spoilers. So I don't know like how much of the area is actually like traversable versus like mountains or water or whatever. So there's a chance it's not as big as it looks, if that makes sense. <laughs> but uh, I think I've revealed probably like actually revealed maybe 30 percent of the map <laughs> and then or i guess like and part of that reveal is i found a tall neck and climbed it <laughs> so like all of plain song is revealed to me because i found the tall neck not because i've been there um so yeah i think and then overall like area i've actually walked through is probably like 20 percent, <laughs> maybe less so it's a very 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 big map like i say i did play for about 20 hours as so says my in-game stats and I only just got to the point where I'm crossing from Plainsong, like from No Man's Land over into the Forbidden West, 20 hours into the game. And I've only just been given the bigger, grander point of the story. So I would kind of compare where I am now to getting to Meridian in the first game. Okay. And I don't like I think that that's fine because that was one of the things that I really liked is that it seemed like this like smaller experience where you had one goal, but then all of a sudden it opened up and then it opened up again. Um, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. And I think they've done it fairly well in Forbidden West as, as well as, as Zero Dawn. It was one of the things I loved the most and that sucked me into the game in the first place. But I'm curious, like since... I'm pretty sure I'm further on than you in the main storyline because um, I think I'm about level 20. And I think the the main story quest that I just completed recommended being, uh, I think, level 18. So um, I think I'm further than you in the main quest. So I'm curious if you feel like, I mean, you keep calling it the prologue, so I'm going to assume <laughs> because to me, the prologue or the tutorial or whatever was just the part before you get to Meridian in Forbidden West. Like it was just, the, it was the little part yeah. where you were showing, uh, uh, oh crap, what's his name? Var Varl? Varl, yep. How to use his focus? Yeah. Which by the way, you're giving out like candy in this game. Oh, well, there's, <laughs> like, a, there's a throwaway line like, oh, I found a bunch of them and now I have backups. <laughs> So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, she gives them to like all of her allies and she's just like, all right, here's what's happening. And everybody gets a focus. Yeah, because she <laughs> so. gives no shits. Anymore. It's like she doesn't care any in the sense like she's not like they they just witness a bunch of robots try to you know kill everybody. I think like she doesn't have to explain anymore. It's like, no, 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 there's yeah. more going on. Here's an iPhone you know yeah. <laughs> welcome to the future yeah exactly yeah. um but yeah so uh, so yeah i think that when she's showing varl how to use his focus and they make their way back to meridian or whatever that's like the <laughs> prologue and then the daunt i would say is like so that's kind of i would say the same as the proving that storyline and then i think the daunt is much more like when the nora area opens up to you a little bit more and then the um plain song is like as you first make your way to Meridian before you kind of learn more about Hades and you get sent up north and south and and yeah. you learn about the Shadow Carja and it like it starts to that's kind of the point in Zero Dawn when it spreads out and I think I've just gotten the spread out quest after you know twenty levels and twenty hours in Forbidden West so do you feel like you're missing that like 
raison d'etre within the game, like the 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 larger story that's pushing you along? Or do you feel like it's more along the lines of Zero Dawn and you're cool with that? Because I feel like it took me longer to to get to the point this time. Yes, I, I think like I'm not using the word prologue as like a critique. It's more just like it's called Forbidden West. We haven't made it to the Forbidden West yet. At best, we're in Act One, right. right? And I thought I was getting to the Forbidden West when I passed the like yeah. the mind the gap town, and then you get there and they're like this is no man's land. Like the Forbidden West is much further, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I still have like so I just made it to the gap in the mountains that will send me into the West. <laughs> right. And this is the important part if if folks aren't playing the game right now to take away is that like even though you haven't made it to the forbidden west yet it doesn't feel like these areas are throwaway it doesn't feel like they're filled with bloat like there is stuff that you can ignore there is stuff that you can you can walk past and be like i don't need to do this it's an extra activity but like there is a lot going on and the story starts Right. Like if you're in an area, the story is there and what mm-hmm. and your actions are impacting the bigger world. And yeah, I, I think like, you know, the uh, the the main task of what you're trying to do is is basically solve this blight. It's this you solve you know, the blight. Yeah. Yeah. This red corruption. It almost looks like every like all the plant life is is rusting, but it's also poisonous if you stick around in it too long. Um, that is your main quest to try to you're trying to reboot uh Gaia, I guess Gaia was killed as well. So Gaia's gone, which was the um, terraforming AI. Yeah, that was the overall system right. in the first game. Yeah, and Hades, which was like the bad guy in the first game, the the sentient AI, was supposed to be one of Gaia's subsystems. So yeah. in the first game, Gaia destroys herself in order to destroy Hades and basically make it so he didn't have anywhere to go. And that's why he was able to be killed at the tower. Is yeah, she basically killed herself and shut him off from like any larger connection. Yeah, and the whole point of this game, at least off off the bat, is you're trying to find a backup, and that leads to you know um, a pretty interesting moment. Like, I mean, talking about the larger world, like I think that was the the really cool part about Horizon that was introduced in I think like the back two thirds of the game was the fact that it was a post 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 apocalyptic game, and that there was you know, what we would consider our future, uh, that it existed. Not, not that we're going to like be taken over by a bunch of AI robots, but like just <laughs> in the sense that it was 2059 or whatever. And, and, um, it, like, and the world ended and the world ended. You didn't know that was happening until you and that was a really cool part of the first one. And they kind of, they kind of find some interesting ways in that. What is actually the prologue? Um, to kind of explore like other options, and I guess they they may have made reference to it in the first game because Aloy they kinda, did yeah. yeah yeah talks about it as if she knows has come across it before, but I, I yeah they were like a competing company right um, the the company you're talking about it was basically a competing company to the one that to Pharaoh who was the one that made all the robots and their solution to the apocalypse was basically like flee Earth yeah. <laughs> so yeah they do. Um, they do talk about that a little bit when um, in the first game you're looking for Apollo. I think it was Apollo, which was like the store of all human knowledge. And there was a copy that was supposed to be sent off in the spacecraft. And yeah, so that's they do talk about it a little bit in the first game. Yeah. So I really liked that intro bit in that like there there was other things that were that there were exploring options of like going into space. But it was very much like that. um 
like i guess it failed like they but then there's also reference to like a derelict space station while you're uh you're going to the first uh first tall neck area so like i'm really interested in in learning more about the past as well mm-hmm. as like they that's yeah. what i find that they've always done well in horizon in the universe building is they've done a really good job of basically trying to unravel the past and what happened in a time that's very much a touch point for you and I, because like you say, it's kind of like what happens between like 2020 and 2060 to get them to that place. And uh, so it's, it's really interesting in that way because you're trying to unravel the past in order to fix the future. So they've made it relatable and yet tribal people fighting robot animals like (laughs) so that could have been a very like crazy far out concept that didn't work but because they've tied it into the events of basically our current time um it became a lot more interesting i think and they've definitely continued that in in forbidden west and i am not going to spoil anything at all and i'm gonna try not even to hint at stuff that might i think might be spoilers but um the story continues that trend in exploring what happened in the past, which is cool. our future, <laughs> like you, you and I, like our future, like the yeah, the they look more into things that happened from kind of like twenty fifty to twenty sixty five. That is interesting. I, I it was one of my favorite parts of the story of the first one, and I know yeah. that um, in silences, uh, you know. Uh, the r2d2 message that he leaves in the tower (laughs) um he basically says oh i've i've discovered a bunch of stuff but you're gonna have to come find me and then title card you know and uh yes it's i i'm like i'm again like i'm really enjoying the game i think like the biggest deterrent for me is just that i know it's a huge game and i'm like i want to experience it so i'm trying not to um let my like my my excitement and my brain get ahead of me and that knowing like yeah. look if i just play for a couple hours i'm probably not to, going to experience like that next big story beat but i am gonna have fun you know uh stealth uh taking out these 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 robots yeah i've i have definitely been taking my time so you could absolutely finish the game a lot faster than i am for sure Um, I just, I really have been enjoying it. I always enjoy being in the world of Horizon. So I'm, I am, I'm taking my time and I know I'm not going to get another one of these games if they even do yet another one. Um, like I know I'm not going to get another one for like five years. So I'm really taking my time and enjoying my first playthrough. So I know it's possible to play it a lot faster than I am. And I just am not, (laughs) but I'm totally fine with that too. Cause I'm really, really enjoying it. I mean, no surprise. I think. I recommend this title if you played the first one. If you oh. didn't play the first one, why at this point have you not played the first one? But the sequel is enough to make me like ultra super mega recommend the first one. <laughs> I think together they make a really good, compelling story and universe and they're worth playing. It looks amazing. <laughs> like it's so pretty. It's so pretty that I was sitting like when I very first started playing the prologue on the very first night, I was just standing in that like overgrown building that you kind of start your actual tutorial in. And I'm just standing there watching like all of this like kind of like dust particles in the air and like this like grass blowing in the wind. And like I was just standing there and Matt came downstairs. He's like, 
what are you doing? I'm like, just look at the grass. Just look at the grass. And he's like, what is wrong with you? Hey, man. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. PlayStation okay? 5s it's just, are it's expensive. Amazing. You got to get yeah. your money's worth. To look right? At the grass. You got to look at the grass. Um, yeah, we didn't even mention we're both playing on PlayStation 5. We are, um, yeah. I I gotta say though I think um uh, I think it, uh, I'm playing on a PS5 I think I'm noticing like there are some issues that I think people are reporting in terms of graphical issues with um, HDR and brightness and sharpness and stuff like normal stuff that pops up in very complex video games uh, they just issued a patch uh, today I I feel like the game is and maybe this is just my experience of um, next gen or current generation games being very uh just not going with the the bright color palette like this is a very mm. bright game and if you're coming off other games where um it's like I, I was playing a bunch of returnal over the holidays which is a very like dark grim game of just basically mm-hmm. a bunch of sweaty you know walls of of alien grossness and um <laughs> this is the complete opposite of that like there's no there's no, there's, there's not a lot of, you know, it's, it's a new world, right? Well, Cause yeah, it's all been I mean, terraformed. Exactly. And so even the blight, which is causing everything to die is like bright red. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very bright. It's not like brown or black or, you know, any kind of color that you would necessarily associate with death and decay yeah. it, or gray or ashy or like none of that. It's bright freaking red. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, which is also very, very interesting choice. Yeah. So I, I think I, I can't tell if people are reporting these issues and I, and I don't even know if I'm having the issue of like, you know, just, just a over, over brightened um, scene, but it, but again, I think it's, it's a combination of maybe there is an actual issue, but also the fact that this uses a very, I think it also could be like a stylistic choice, honestly. Yeah. Cause I have noticed every once in a while that like, there are really bright lights, which are disorienting, but it feels on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I should be, you know, taken aback by what I've just discovered. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really, um, found any issues so far, but like you say, I could just be not noticing them, which if I don't notice them, are they issues? No, 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 they're not. I'm not, I'm (laughs) I'm just saying like, I, I've just noticed that as I'm playing it, like it is a very bright game and I'm not, I'm not used to that. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you look at even past offerings from PlayStation, like God of War, The Last of Us Part Two, which is, a, again, like a very dark and grimy game. Very gray. Yeah. Um, even, you know, uh, even uh, Ratchet and Clank, last year's PlayStation 5 exclusive, like it had its bright moments, but like it's still it, I noticed it there, too. Like, I think I think it is j- this current generation and just this new lighting system like we're just i'm just not used to it yet so when i'm playing horizon i'm just looking around like i'm doing the same thing you are i'm like oh my god like look how like look how much i can see just by climbing this thing and um the graphics are insane and uh like i said it's all mo-capped so all these conversations sometimes you do slip a bit into that like it feels it, it feels very real in these movements of these characters is um, like my new favorite character is the chef you meet in the fr- in chain scrape, basically. Oh yes! Oh, he's so good. He's great. <laughs> there's there's so many of these characters you come across, and um, I think uh, there another thing we can talk about is the. Uh, I actually just before we move away from yeah, that yeah. chef, I actually saw a thread 
that was just <laughs> dedicated to him because he's basically like the side quest that kind of introduces you to another complexity with combat, which is um, you have food and food buffs this time around. So you can purchase different meals from different chefs in all of the different settlements and they will give you different bonuses when you're in combat and you eat them like you would, you know, drink a health potion or, or something like that. Like they're on your hot, hot bar wheel thing. Um, and then it'll give you a buff for a certain amount of time. And I saw a thread on Twitter that was dedicated to the chef because of the level of detail they put into crafting his story. So basically, like he everything in and around him, first of all, like so he's a chef that really cares about his food. And that's like his big problem is that the guy like he has been taking advantage of him and not letting him get new equipment and everything else. And like, he has a very specific like pan and then they show the pan next to the food and the food's got like grill marks that matches the like ridges in the pan. And they've kept all of the like images of the food in the game accurate to the ingredients that they actually would have like in Southern Utah. <laughs> like they've kept like all of your meat types are very identifiable. All of your plants are very identifiable. Like it's, it's very accurate <laughs> to what like Southern Utah would have in a post-apocalyptic world. And just the attention to detail is crazy according to a chef that has played forbidden west and then therefore made an entire like he was like breaking it down in a way that was like i'm gonna figure out what is in these dishes and make it because they've paid attention to that much detail that i can do that in this game <laughs> i was like that's kind of crazy because <laughs> like he's like you say he's not a throwaway character he has a role which is to introduce you to the food system but he's one side quest and then he's a vendor and that's it and they've crafted his whole entire area to be ridiculously accurate to the real world. Yes, there's a lot of detail that is put into this game. And I think in previous generations of, of consoles and, and, and video games, a lot of people would say like, oh, well, you know, they didn't put, you know, a lot of detail into this. And I think now we're seeing with this current generation of, of technology is like, they wanted to put all that detail in. I mean, you saw that, like, I think the previous generation, there was a lot of talk of, like, how good the food looks in XYZ game. And it just goes to show that, like, developers really want to put that detail in. And I think they we finally have the, the hardware that is going to support that. And um, it feels yeah. like they very much had a team dedicated just to making the visuals of the food for to put on the tables in front of the chefs to make sure they're all accurate, but all different. Yeah, <laughs> which well, is just crazy. Sounds like a great way to have a have lunch provided every day. OK, uh, now we need the <laughs> yeah, artist. Now to... We need to test. Yeah. What does this look like if we order it like fire flame roasted and, mm. you know, whatever. Oh, <laughs> very, man. very much that. So, yeah. I mean, I, do you have any like final thoughts about Forbidden West before we quickly touch on the news and wrap the show? Well, we are likely to come back to this next week and, and possibly uh, uh, a couple more weeks because <laughs> this is a big, big game. We're both playing it, so it's it's likely to to take over the. It'll pop for a bit. up again, and uh, I, and I am sure that we will do a full story spoiler thoughts uh, probably like a month from now. Let's be oh, honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, quite a ways from now, um, but it'll happen. But yeah, not not too far away, but you know, at least uh, in the, in a couple months. But yeah, no, I the only other thing I was going to bring up, and I don't know if you touched on it a lot. Uh, was the uh, 
the mini game that's part of this that what they didn't have oh, one of these. Oh, I didn't even mention this. Oh my god. And yeah. see, that's the thing. There's so much in this game that I have hardly like dove into this system at all. Mostly because when I sit down to play Horizon, what I want to do is play Horizon, but yes. they do have a game in a game that is akin to Gwent in The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's like uh, machine strike i think it's, it's called. called yeah machine strike and yeah. it's kind of um it's kind of reminiscent of like a tactics game yeah kind of like a, yeah tactics or like chess it yeah. reminded me of a little bit like again i've only sat down and played like i did the initial quest to like get your first units and then i i think i tried to sit down and play uh one more time um in plain song so i kind of i skipped uh i skipped a couple towns which was a mistake because the opponents that you face get harder and harder the further into the game that you get. Um, so the board can change and the units that they have access to can change. So it's basically like I skipped a whole bunch of levels in the game and just got absolutely destroyed. Um, so I don't recommend doing that. If you want to actually learn Machine Strike as a game, definitely like take it one town, one opponent at a time. Because um, you'll also unlock more pieces. And that's part of it, too, is you um, unlock pieces through questing, through not only machine strikes, but you can also find, like, pieces around the world and stuff, like, by doing side quests and errands and things. So, uh, or opening caches. Sometimes there's pieces in caches and stuff. So there's lots of different sources for pieces. And then you have to basically create a, a, a set that you're going to use. And because I think you get, is it five pieces or seven pieces? I can't yeah. remember. And then, um, yeah, you have to place them on the board and then, you know, first to seven points wins yeah. or first to destroy all of the all of your opponent's pieces. Yeah. The one thing I've noticed about um, uh, the machine strike is that the tutorial is very drawn out. And, and, and again, I, I felt that same thing you were describing as like, I kind of want to play Horizon, even though the minigame is is interesting. But that's good to know not to not to skip uh, not to skip towns like yeah basically... don't just assume yeah don't just assume that you can you know take your beginner pieces and play against somebody when you're four or five towns in it won't work <laughs> no, no no but uh no it's it's a it's a fairly simple it's it's not i don't think it's simple but it's like it, the premise is is one of like uh you have to like you said you have to get seven victory points but they they really like onboard you. They they take their time, kind of like explaining the rules to a point where it can kind of kill the momentum a little bit in in terms of like waiting five years to play this game and now I'm sitting at a table. Like yeah. <laughs> Gwent had I uh, Gwent had that uh, quick pickup. You do the one quest and you got it. You know. Um, I think I will say about Machine Strike, it seems to be like require more explanation and and some yeah patience. there's a lot yeah there's a lot of complexity there i yeah. think and uh, i think they did the tutorial as fast as they possibly could while still explaining all the rules of the game yeah. to you because it is it's a very complex game within the game of horizon forbidden west so yeah. i'm sure that i'll like i'll probably take a look at it eventually 
if only to like get my platinum trophy, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the and the lady who's like teaching you right off the bat is like super keen about machine strike. You're almost like wondering, oh, yeah. like, are you going to be secretly evil or, <laughs> you know, you're really yeah, into you're this. You're trying to like waylay me off of my main quest by being like, hey, come over here and play this thing. Now that I've got you, you can never leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she's really into machine strike. She's it's almost like she's into it. getting a commission or something. But um, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's fun. They never had it in the, they never had anything kind of like, that I can remember in the first game. I was like, as you said, a game within a game. And um, I'm excited to enjoy it when I've kind of, I need a break from the run around. So uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, we'll have more thoughts on Forbidden West for you guys in the coming weeks, including a spoiler cast at some point. Again, I am very much enjoying this first playthrough. And uh, I mean, you just... You never get another first playthrough, right? So I'm taking my time. I'm enjoying it. So it's probably still a ways out, but we will absolutely have a full on story spoiler cast for you guys in the coming weeks. Uh, We wanted to say a very special thank you to our February patron, Steven. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you would like to support the gamers in head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in take a look at what we've got over there. And uh, if you would like your name here, then uh, do support the show and you could be our April patron (gasps) teaser. Uh, (laughs) So that brings us to the news this week. Uh, We got a couple of quick stories for you guys here. Uh, So first and foremost, I didn't realize Uncharted had actually hit theaters because we're still in like lockdown mode and this is like theaters only. So I did not realize this had released, but um, Uncharted has hit like the theaters it's yeah. it's out now you can go see it uh and sony has basically said it's the newest hit movie franchise and like was really bigging up this movie and i'm like it's your movie like who's gonna believe this <laughs> like this Deadline. is like <laughs> well it just it's so funny it's like me saying the gamers in is the greatest podcast in the world yeah. like you wouldn't be it's wrong. Good, but, but like <laughs> it just—it's so funny because it's like Sony. It's your own thing. Like maybe don't declare it as the next big movie franchise hit. Like it just seemed so weird. Like that's the kind of thing you would expect to see, like out of a reviewer or something. And then you're like, wait, that was the chief of Sony? What? <laughs> like pat yourself on the back a little harder there, bud. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the movie. Um, I, neither I'm guessing neither I haven't seen it. It sounds like you haven't. seen I it have either. not. No, I you didn't. didn't like I said, I didn't see it was out. I do intend to see it, but yeah, um, yeah I haven't been to a movie in nine months yeah. <laughs> like since our last like bottomed out wave <laughs> yeah that's true um I, I think like the 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 reason i put the story in here um is basically like it, it has exceeded uh you know public expectations in terms of uh the amount of money it brought in it brought in 106 million globally over the weekend uh opening it's it's no spider-man but it is um a big deal for sony and this is the first PlayStation Productions film that they've put together. And I think the big takeaway here is like when you have a CEO saying, um, you know, new hit movie franchise, it likely it leads to a sequel. Um, yeah. <laughs> my understanding is that there are, you know, two post credits that set up sequels. Um which is kind of interesting because didn't they smoosh together bits from all the movies <laughs> yeah. or from all the games into this one movie? Or at least that was the rumor. Again, haven't seen it, so can't officially comment. Also, haven't played every single Uncharted game, so I couldn't really 
you know, like <laughs> speak yeah. to that necessarily. But from people who have played the game and seen the movie, I have heard that it is kind of this like it works, but still this Frankenstein of the games smooshed into one movie. So it's interesting that they have sequels in mind <laughs> when well, they've I already used their material. <laughs> it's set pieces that they kind of smoosh together, right? Uh, so you've got the plane from three. You've got, well, again, I haven't seen, I've only seen the trailers, but you get the sense that there's the ship from four. Like the there's there's some pirate stuff from four that shows up. There's the, the, the cargo plane from three. Um, but there are characters that are missing. There are characters that um, chronologically haven't been introduced yet. Uh, uh, you know, I, so there's still, there's still room for them to explore those ideas. Yeah. And again, like you have Tom Holland, who's a, who's a, who's a big name actor now, uh, has been for a while. Also very young. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the, this is the kind of thing where they're not going to have the Wolverine problem for a while. <laughs> yeah. They were like, old man he's Nate iconic. Yet. No one else can play Wolverine and I will fight you on that. Like no one else can play Wolverine. And they're just like, but he's old now. What do we do now that Hugh Jackman can't do young Wolverine? <laughs> but Tom Holland, man, he's got like 50 years of Nathan Drake ahead of him. <laughs> and I'm sure he loves that. I remember after he made the biggest Spider-Man film, some of the lines were like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be Spider-Man. If I'm playing Spider-Man in my 30s, I've probably failed. It's like, what? okay, I mean... You're young. That was the whole point of hiring you. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but no, like uh, him is Nathan Drake. I haven't seen the film. I want to see the film. I love Uncharted, um, but I can wait to see the movie. I'm glad it's doing well. I'm glad PlayStation is going to look at making, you know, more movies based on their franchises. And um, I'm a little, you know, I'm bummed that, you know, it, it wasn't as uh, positively re- received by critics. Like, I think, I think that still means something to have, you know, positive reviews. Like, I think you can, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, Marvel movies, some Star Wars stuff has really proven that, like, you can build something that critics and fans love alike, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, Mandalorian is a great example. It's it's both critically and fan-loved. And, and, I, and I want that from a video game movie, and I, and I think that's what I've seen from the reviews is that... It is very much a video game movie, and I and I want to see us get away from that. I want to see a, a a great movie based on a video game. Yeah. So um, the critics have given it forty percent on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience has given it ninety percent. So that's good. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's that critics say it was promisingly cast but misleadingly titled Uncharted Minds, its best selling source material to produce a dis. A pointing echo of superior <laughs> adventure films and the audience Weird. is like there's tons of action and terrific cast this is a solid adaptation go game movies yeah. like <laughs> we can like mark Wahlberg, right like mark Wahlberg's still cool right yeah i think okay, so good as much as people complained about him you know being sully i think he's a fine sully and and tom holland is a fine nathan drake like I'm sure it works, and I I can't wait to see it. Uh, well, I, I can wait to see it when it comes out on, on digital. I don't. I'm not going to go to the theaters to see it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Absolutely. Uh, so also, uh, there's a report that Call of Duty is going to skip 2023. Yeah, um, hell is frozen over. Uh, okay. <laughs> so Call of Duty, I guess uh, 2023 would have been their 20 year anniversary of releasing Ooh. these games 
annually and almost seems like maybe you stretch it out do one more and then call it and take a break right like even if it's terrible like just get that 20th anniversary edition out there milk it and then take 2024 off (laughs) although i will say like this is an activision title right and then so obviously they're in the middle of a lot of things right now the lawsuits are piling up you've got the acquisition from microsoft that they have to uh kind of navigate that acquisition is supposed to finish up by the end of um, Microsoft's uh, fiscal year, which ends in June of next year. So, I mean, it's a busy time for Activision. I get it. But yeah, the fact that it's the 20th anniversary makes me kind of go, oh, you, you couldn't do it? Like, you couldn't just get that out the door? <laughs> and maybe that's wrong because it sounds like I'm advocating for crunch, which I'm really not. <laughs> I just think that maybe they could have allocated their resources a little better and hit that 20th like milestone right (laughs) yeah i think what's happening here is um so basically like it's it's going to be the first year where they skip a mainline call of duty call of duty obviously it it has a lot of other streams that could be uh booted up for um you know a gap year you know you've got call of duty zombies you've got call of duty warfare you've got um well, those are the two two big ones that come to mind, but there's other they could do a multiplayer only one, you know, not do the they've done that before where it's just a it's just a multiplayer game. Um but the idea here is that this, you know, as we know it, a Call of Duty game will not uh release in 2023. There's one coming out this year and they've they've moved the Treyarch game, which is traditionally the one that has the zombie mode uh mm-hmm. from 2023 to 2024. Now, Activision has responded to this since, and they've basically said, like, hey, you know, we look forward to there being, you know, many premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond. So essentially saying, you know, uh, there's going to be a Call of Duty in 2023, but they're not necessarily, like, denying the story that Treyarch's complete Call of Duty game has been delayed. Has been moved, yeah. But I could see, you know, Warzone getting a big update, possibly a standalone zombies game which has been sort of asked for and teased quite a bit i think they got pretty close with um well they did it with uh, call of duty black ops 4 i think they ended up piecemealing that game post-launch that you could buy just the zombies um at least on pc so this is a in my mind like it's not as big a news as when say ubisoft said we are literally not going to release an assassin's creed this year um, mm-hmm. I think this is just although this could go down that same route, right? Because um, yeah, Ubisoft has now taken Assassin's Creed into that whole like we're just going to keep constantly updating it game as a service kind of realm instead of, you know, like actually releasing a new Assassin's Creed every year. So that's kind of it's the what is Assassin's Creed Infinity or something? Yeah. Or infinite or whatever uh, iteration on that word. <laughs> There's, I guess infinite ways you can say infinity (laughs) but uh yeah anyways they're they're kind of going down that route and i wonder if call of duty and activision are kind of looking at them through like giving them the side eye like oh maybe we should do that and you know the acquisition is almost an excuse to like if we were ever going to make a transition why not do it in in the acquisition year so we'll have to see how this all plays out but uh it is as of right now like you said Ryan uh, just a report it's it is a Jason Jason Schreier report which um his are rarely wrong he doesn't usually like report things without having very very good sources so um i although 
it is just a report to, you know, take with a grain of salt. It does come from someone who I consider a reputable games journalist. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, the, this is very likely uh, mostly true, if not all true. So, uh, yeah, well, no more Call of Duty or no, no Treyarch Call of Duty potentially in uh, 2023. So we'll keep our eye on that. And then finally... <laughs> We have a little bit of a goofy story for you, uh, but Dead by Daylight has trademarked uh, with something that sounds a whole lot like a dating sim, which uh, at first I read this and I went, ha, okay, yeah, definitely uh, like a, a joke, an April Fool's thing, but it's a pretty serious looking like um, copyright, uh, whatchamacallit? Filing, um, trademark. Filing, yes, there, there you go, filing. That's oh, yeah, what I was right. looking for. There's a whole document and everything. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, everything. And it's like literally saying that they're the, trademarking this, <laughs> the title, which is called, <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay, it's Hooked on You, a Dead by Daylight dating sim. <laughs> so uh, in the game, when killers knock you down, they have to put you on a hook three times in order to sacrifice you to the entity. So that's what the name is playing on, Hooked on You. Um, this this has to be like, this has to be either them like protecting that IP or like their IP so somebody else doesn't do it, or it's just like an April Fool's joke. Because <laughs> like, honestly... Like, my first gut reaction was like, this has to be a joke. But Dead by Daylight has one of the thirstiest fan bases I have ever been a part of. Like, I legit can't believe how much, like, every single post that Dead by Daylight puts out on social media inevitably devolves into some sort of sex thing. <laughs> like, okay. it's ridiculous. Like, everyone's talking about, like, which survivors would date other survivors, like who they as a person want to date and if they would date a survivor or date a killer and like all kinds of like, that just goes down all kinds of kinky roads. And like, it just, I like, I have never seen a fan base like this. Now, I'm not a big anime person, but it gives me like big anime vibes <laughs> where like everyone who plays Dead by Daylight, not everyone, everyone, but a lot of people who play Dead by Daylight have like, either their own fanfic or their own like ideas about dating stuff. And like, I mean, even I do, I'm like, Oh yeah, Kate and David, they're totally a thing. <laughs> so like, I don't know what it is about dead by daylight, but it brings out the kinky in its players. So I'm not sure if like dead by daylight got wind of like a fan project or something using their characters. And they want to kind of like, put the kibosh on that or if they just want to tease people with a dating sim or maybe they're just giving the fans what they want and this is actually a thing that they're working on like i really don't know i imagine it would only be their like original characters because there's no way that like the halloween franchise would get no. on board <laughs> with like michael myers dating like the hag <laughs> right or freddy or you know Ghostface, or yeah like I feel like for the Pyramid freddy franchise <laughs> you could probably get on you could get that on board but like there's a lot of properties where uh they would struggle but uh, i mean if kfc can make a dating sim i feel like why not dead by daylight right like, oh i don't know man i the, the thing is if they did it 
I think it would be wildly successful. Well, <laughs> Which why not? Is just kind of a crazy statement, but um, yeah. <laughs> I I saw this and I thought, you know, April Fools. In his, but but you're right. Like I actually didn't click through on. I read the article, but I I didn't click through on the tweet, which uh, is is literally like a, a legit filing. Um, now this could be something that that does get released or at least announced on on around April first. But I think like if you, it, it, uh, I I'm not as familiar with the Dead by Daylight audiences, but if the audience is asking for this and and they're looking to branch out and and build well, I mean, more, you can just look at the comments. Yeah, I don't know if like I want on to the now. Tweet. But. Like, well, I mean, none of them, none of it's too dirty, but I mean, it's full of like. One of them has a blurred image, art. content warning, unity. <laughs> but yeah, other, and then there's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like there's, there are so many people being like, I would date insert character here in a heartbeat, which is also a Dead by Daylight, like tongue in cheek joke because the killers all have heartbeats to indicate where they are on the map. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, like, so yeah, it was, it's like, I would date this character in a heartbeat or it's like, I would ship like these two characters to get. So it's like, people don't even know if they're going to be like creating their own character to date these, these killers and survivors, or if they're just going to be like, killer survivor mashups where you can date whoever whatever like I, nobody knows how this would work and the fan base doesn't care they're in it either way <laughs> like they just want to be able to like play out their wildest fantasies in a dating sim with dead by daylight characters like they're in it so i think if behavior did this they'd actually make a shit ton of money <laughs> yeah i mean it sounds like uh it sounds like the audience is there and i mean on like i said if you're trying to build out like I think we talked about this before with Dead by Daylight, the the beauty of that the developer is uh, both bringing in um, licensed characters, but also building out like you know their own their original own content. universe and their own lore. Yeah, they do a lot of that. Yeah, this is a great way to continue to build up that original content and and uh, just strengthen it more. You know, so <laughs> um, try yep. not to accidentally say things that can be, you know. Yeah, misconstrued turned into a twitter reply of some kind to a dead by daylight <laughs> post so yeah yeah so uh, so that might that might be coming um in <laughs> in in the yeah coming soon. months coming <laughs> yep, soon, soon yeah to a steam near you <laughs> oh yeah we'll let you know if that <laughs> comes to fruition yeah i'm sure we'll talk about it i'm sure we'll both play it uh i'm not oh, even joking I, if it comes out i am definitely playing it like if this is a real thing i will play it if for nothing else just the experience like i just want to see what they come up with and i will also watch anyone and everyone who is playing the dead by daylight dating sim on twitch yeah just just to see because i feel like the fan-made content around this game is already wild and if you give them a dating sim outlet it's gonna be incredible so anyways again dead by daylight trademarking a dating sim name we'll see what comes of that but that's gonna do it for us this week on the gamers and if you want to join the conversation and let us know your dead by daylight fanfic you can do so by going to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.